Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. What a throwback jersey that is, you my like friend. It? You like the throwback? Yeah. Jersey? That goes way back, man. A lot of man. Yeah, hey, it's the this. it's a big big old patches on the shoulder for me. Oh, and they're like yeah. velvet. <laughs> yeah, right. Man, well, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And we'll uh, get into the results here soon to why I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> so let's get into it. Targo, what you drinking today? I am drinking. Cali Squeeze Extra Lemon Chill. Hmm. 9%. So Wow. And this big old can. So not, I, I might be quite, feeling it by the end of It's not quite story. chill. Yep, that's spicy. Ooh. Honestly, it almost tastes like a seltzer. Nice. Like beer, not seltzer. So, yeah. so like a shandy almost? Yeah, kind of like a shandy. I would, I would hmm. call it that. Interesting. 9% shandy almost. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, the way you're drinking it, I would say it's probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I might be feeling it by the end of this episode. <laughs> I won't be making sense here pretty soon. Yeah, well, I wasn't making sense with my picks, so, you know, we'll get into that. <laughs> I have Rickety Cricket Brewing Girl Farts. Girl farts. Girl farts. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had it before, clearly. Bottling up some girl farts over here. How's that fart taste? <sighs> Better than a fart. I'm trying to see what kind of beer it is, but it doesn't say. Hmm. It's pretty good, though. Describe it to our listeners. Hoppy, it's crispy, crispy, it's crispy, uh, especially forward. It's got almost like a not quite a hoppy finish, but I would say it's somewhere between a Pilsner and an IPA. So, would get again, or is this a one time buy? I would, I would definitely drink it again. Yeah, uh, yeah, go for girl farts. (laughs) What a great name! What a great name! All right, those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Make sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, our YouTube channel, and make sure to check out our merch on Redbubble. We got more stuff coming at you here soon. Looking forward to it. So let's get into the games, shall we? Yeah. English Premier League on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, (laughs) With be with you. We had... Quite the matchup. We had Brighton against Manchester United. We both picked Brighton, and it took till the last kick of the game to get a result in this one. Brighton winning 1-0. Yeah, I almost didn't pick Brighton, if you remember. (laughs) I do. I switched it. But I'm glad you didn't. uh, Well, I'm not really glad you didn't switch your pick, but (laughs) I'm also glad you didn't switch your pick. Lots of chances in this one. I mean, Anthony should have scored 90 seconds into it. Brighton looked good going forward. Anthony had probably two more golden opportunities in the first half, besides the one inside of 90 seconds. Yeah, too bad those chances didn't fall to Rashford. <laughs> I know. Because he would have put them away, that's for sure. But second half was all Brighton. And this one took till the 99th minute. 99th minute. 
VR yeah, had stoppage. <laughs> VAR had a long look at this. Andre Mariner went to the monitor, which is always good to see because it never happens. After Luke Shaw, uh, I guess, handled the ball given away, PK, it looked like his arms were just flailing and the ball happened to hit it. Yeah, it came off a corner kick. Corner came in. Luke Shaw went up to jump. His hand was in the air. Yeah, jumble of bodies. His arm was in the air. Looks like it hits it. It was a hard one to see, man. I'll admit that after all the replays. Yeah, and there's a couple of views where you're like, okay, that's a hand. It hits it. I can't tell whose it is, but it hits a hand. (laughs) Pretty much, huh? Yeah, and then you saw Luke Shaw's face. You're like, oh, so it was yours. Got it. Uh, Yeah, Alexis McAllister, World Cup winner, stepped up, smashed the PK in the top corner, last kick of the game. But fun fact, this happened the other way around back in September of 2020. Bruno hit a PK in the 100th minute for the last kick of the game against Brighton. Oh, a little karma coming back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, our boy, Kiro Matuma, man, how good is he? Dude, he's so fun to watch. I I loved watching him run at Juan Basaka. Uh, credit to Juan Basaka. He shut him down most of that game. I do feel like he. Yeah. He Juan Basaka is turning into one of the best 1v1 defenders. In he the is a great league. 1v1 defender, but going forward, I think, is where Juan Basaka yeah. struggles. I but yeah, agree. Matoma, man, in the Premier League, he's one of the. He's statistically the best player in the Premier League at one on ones. Yeah. Fun fact he did write his thesis in college on dribbling. And he was also a big fan of Cristiano Ronaldo, studied him quite a bit in his dribbling. Yeah. So, so makes yeah, it fun put, to watch. <laughs> puts it into practice, that's for sure. On the sixth, we had Bournemouth versus Chelsea. Uh, I want to say this was a relegation six pointer, but <laughs> it really just solidified Chelsea are safe for the rest of the season because they won three to one. You picked it. I wanted to go out on a limb, pick Bournemouth. They did not look great in this game. No, it was funny at the end of this game, the Chelsea fans singing. <laughs> they're safe. We're staying up. We're yeah. staying up. <laughs> that was funny. But Connor Gallagher got Chelsea started in the ninth minute with his third goal in two months for the Blues. That was a, kind of a cross. His or Chelsea's? <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong there. <laughs> He's got Chelsea's. He, he literally has two of their three goals in the past month. Right. Until this game. And then they got Until three. this game, yeah. yeah. But N'Golo Kante put in a cross. He heads it in. And then uh, Bournemouth get one back to equalize. And what a goal, dude. Oh, so pretty. The build-up. Oh. Yeah, looking more like Arsenal or Manchester City than Bournemouth. Old Arsenal. Old yeah. One-two touches even. all the way down yeah. the field. And Matthias Vina is putting it in the back of the net. Yeah, that was 12 minutes after... Uh, Connor Gallagher got his goal. Goal of the season, maybe? The build-up? Uh, it definitely will be up there. That's for sure. I mean, think about all the Arsenal goals that were considered top uh, goal of the season contenders a while back, and they were looked almost exactly the same. And the strike on this one was a beauty, too. I mean, Kepa, when he's diving, he looks at it just admiring it as it goes by him. It was one of those. It was. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It was a pretty one. But Chelsea, man, they got back on top. Badashale gets a kind of afflicted into the net off of a free kick from Hakeem Ziyech. 
That was in the 82nd. So Chelsea kept it late. It was it wasn't a walk in the park with the boys. No, it was not. <laughs> they, Bournemouth made them work for this one. But Zhao Felix, he got Chelsea's third. He came on as a sub. He got the, the third one four minutes after Batashale's. And they made it three goals in one game. Yeah. Which First is one more since than... March 11th. Yeah, that's a long time, especially for a club like Chelsea. And yeah, like like I said, this is the most goals they've scored in the last month. More goals in this game than they scored all of last month. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's the last two months combined, ain't it? I didn't look at that. I just saw it was more than the last month. If more it's, important. If it's yeah. two months, then ouch. Yeah. They've been so bad. But Chelsea's safe from relegation. I guess it's the most important part. We're all kind of hoping they would get down into that scrap, but wasn't to be. Not this year, at least. Next up, we had the perennial juggernaut Manchester City against struggling Leeds United. We both picked City. This game was uh, a lot, not as close as the uh, scoreline suggested. I'll say that. It ended 2-1, to one, but it should have been a lot more for City. I won't lie. Yeah, they obviously dominated this game. I think the main talking point was uh, the Ilkay Gundogan PK miss. Early yeah. Holland handing him the ball and Pep not being too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, they spent about 10 minutes during the broadcast showing Pep yelling at him. Holland gave Gundogan the ball. He had scored the two goals, so he was on a hat trick. So he thought he was being nice. But at 2-0 up, man. Yeah. Leeds are still in it. Third. And sure enough, they missed that PK. Leaves come down the other end and get a goal through Rodrigo. And game on. The last five minutes yeah. of that game were a little nervy for Man City. Yeah, it was very nervy for them. First game in charge for big Sam Allardyce, though. And let's talk about that first goal from Manchester City. What a goal it was. And Kevin De Bruyne putting on his wizarding hat yet again. Oh, all of it, man. It was... Gunnigan had a beautiful ball over the top to De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yeah, laid it, laid it off for Holland, and that was the one that Holland missed. That was oh, a goal. Yes, sorry. Um, the goal came. It was they're all, they're pretty much the same. It was Red Mares out on the wing, rolls it into the center for Gunnigan, who slots it home. But yeah, one in the right corner, one in the left corner. So yeah, not the first goal, but the first real opportunity for Manchester City, and Holland should have scored it, but. Kevin De Bruyne, man. Leaning away from the ball outside the boot, almost a no-look pass right to the feet of Holland. In yeah, beautiful outside of the foot. Yeah. Uh, Akanji coming off injured in this one. Big blow for City for the Champions League. I think he plays. I think it was just yeah. a, it's a knock. precaution. And, and, you know, you were right. He did rest Jack Grealish. I think you called that. So, good job. Yeah. I mean, the way the Leeds are playing this season and how good Manchester City are, even on their bench, there's no reason to risk him. So, next up, we had Crystal Palace against Tottenham Hotspur at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You picked Spurs. I picked a draw. This could have been a draw, but Spurs narrowly get the 1 0 win. Yeah, this one was, I don't want to say a snooze fest, but. It's pretty close. It was not the most entertaining game. Not at all. But yeah, Harry Kane got the goal just before halftime. He had a lovely ball out to Pedro Porro in the yeah, space. What a, what a signing he's turning out to be for Spurs. 
And then Poro puts in a cross, and Kane's there to head it in. I think I heard some stat that was his 10th headed goal of the season, most of any player in the Premier League. Yeah, which is surprising because, you know, Erling Holland has 35 now. So you'd <laughs> yeah. think at least 10 of those would be headers, but they're not. Nah, his are all tap ins, man. Don't yeah. you know that? And most of them, yeah. Tap ins or breakaways, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. And coincidence, Eric Dyer didn't start in this one. Spurs win. One. Yeah, Eric Dyer is not looking good here. He's not. That and guy's... I would I would say he's definitely their weak link on defense, especially. Oh, 100%. 100%, man. Especially in that Man United game. It was for everyone to see. Not only did he miss that open header, put for Manchester United's, I think it was their first goal, Marcus Rashford just ate him up one-on-one. <laughs> Yeah, sat him down. Next up, we had Wolves. Ooh, I did want to ask you a question, though, before we move on. Yes. So let's enter a fantasy world here. Pretend we're in a fantasy land. And Harry Kane and Erling Holland are on opposite teams. Okay, so Kane plays for City, Holland plays for Spurs. Yeah. That really is a fantasy land. How many goals does each of them have? I would probably say right around the same, but the opposite. Like Harry Kane probably has 35 and Holland probably has around 25, 26. You think Holland would score 25 goals on that Spurs team? I would. Yeah. How? Why? Uh, Who's giving him the service if not Kevin De Bruyne? I mean, we talked about Kevin De Bruyne's beautiful layoff for Holland. Yeah. I mean, you got Hyungman Son. You got Pedro Porro. I mean, even... Uh, Perisic has been good on the wing, at least putting balls into the box. Might not be somebody there half the time, but Erling Holland has that innate ability to be where he needs to be to score a goal at all times. I don't think so, man. I do not think so. Not for Spurs. Holland doesn't have that creative ability like Harry Kane does. Harry Kane is playing lovely balls for those wingers to get him into scoring positions. Holland doesn't do that. Fair. Fair. And I think Holland or Harry Kane is. Just as good a finisher as Erling Holland. Just about, I'll say, just about okay. a good as finisher. Okay, yeah, I. It's a fantasy world, so I mean, anything could happen. I could be terribly wrong. Spurs would still be Spurs in a fantasy world, so. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, like, so I guess just to give the listeners some perspective, Harry Kane has 26 goals so yeah. far this season. Holland has the 35. And so, yeah, I think Harry Kane could would get 35 goals if he was on that Manchester City team. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah, any world-class striker that's on that team right now probably gets at least 30. But, so. yeah, so that was my question. We can move on now. Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Um, I just think Spurs are still Spurs, and Manchester City are that good. And so that's what I think as well. I think even hauling on Spurs, Spurs aren't. Probably much further than where they are right now. <laughs> yeah, they just have more years with Erling Holland instead of thirty-year-old Harry Kane. Is he thirty? He's twenty-nine, isn't he? <sighs> twenty-nine, thirty, right in there. Yeah, could be thirty-one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay that much attention to how old he is. Just how good he is at scoring goals, and he's very good at that. So yeah, I mean Lewandowski's thirty, thirty-seven. Benzema's thirty-seven. I think Lewandowski's think 34. 34. Yeah. yeah, Benzema's 37. So, yeah, uh, age is a number for strikers. Other parts of the field, different story. Moving on. 
Wolves against Aston Villa. We thought this would be a walk in the park for Aston Villa, both picking them to win. They lost 1-0 to Wolves. This was a West Midlands derby, and Wolves took the lead early. Brilliant header off a corner by Totti in the ninth minute for his first Wolves goal. Yeah, and credit Wolves, man, keeping that hot, high-flying scoring Aston Villa team out of the net. Yeah. And they didn't really have a lot of good opportunities either. I mean, Tyrone Mings had uh, probably the best opportunity in the 72nd minute, putting a ball by Douglas Louise over the bar. Freaking skied it, dude. dude. I think if that was, was any other miss- player on the pitch, that ball's in the net. I think it was harder to miss the goal. Than- yeah, I agree. And you could tell that he was like, how did I just miss that? Because he went straight to the ground in frustration. Yeah, but it's a great result for Wolves, man, especially after coming off that 6-0 loss to Brighton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Definitely bring their confidence back up. And not to mention that you know keeps them in 13th place, even though – Teams below them are still winning, so. Yeah, but I think they're they're safe. Yeah, I agree. Ten points with three games left. I think they're safe. Well, mathematically, they are safe. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) As I say that, next up we had Liverpool against Brentford in what we thought would be an interesting affair. We both picked Liverpool. They won one nil, but not not a ton of real good chances for either squad in this one. Mo Salah getting the game's only goal in the 13th minute to continue his scoring streak, which spans what four or five games now. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Guys in hot form. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, He scored now 30 goals, three straight seasons. Yep. That's this is 30 goals in all competitions for him. Yeah. Uh, For us saying he's having a bad season. uh, No, Yeah, (laughs) I take it back. (laughs) What a second half of the season for him. Uh, Brentford didn't really trouble Allison at all in this game. They did look threatening, but they couldn't test him. No, no real, you know, shots on target. There was pressure, I would say, on Liverpool on their defense, but no good chances, you know, on goal. Yeah. I mean, they had a goal from Mbuemo taken back for offsides, but other than that, nothing really in terms of goal scoring opportunities. See, I have another question for you. Does Ivan Tony? I like questions. Yeah, does Ivan Tony stay at Brentford or does he move to a top four club in the Premier League? I'm not sure about a top four club, but I definitely think he leaves Brentford. Um, Especially if Harry Kane leaves Tottenham, I think they might go to try to sign him. I think there's a club in West London that's looking exactly for what Ivan Tony is. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, I I think they they would be looking at him. I don't know if he would want to go to Chelsea because technically that would be a step down for him. I I don't think he's payday, all about man. Big I don't know if he's all about the Benjamins, man. He's not a young. He's not a spring chicken, man. He's twenty seven. He's in his prime right now. Yeah, I think going to Chelsea. Three. You years. know where you know where he would fit in perfectly, and I think it was either Paul Merson or Ian Wright that said this, but. Man, would say be Arsenal? Fit. Yeah, he'd be a perfect fit at Arsenal. Arsenal have Gabriel Jesus, Eddie Nketiah, Florian Balogun coming through. I I just don't see Nketiah being that step up for a backup. And yeah, Balogun would be great if he has the same form as he does in the French league. But I just they're too small. 
I don't see it happening with those two guys. I think Arteta will give Balogun a chance. Yeah, possibly. So what do you guys think? Let us know. Would Ivan Tony be a great fit at Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal? He's rumored to be linked to Newcastle. There's another one, top four side. My brain doesn't quite compute that yet, but. But yeah, kind of going back to this game, it was kind of interesting. Cody Gogpo started in the midfield for this game. Weird. So it's kind of interesting because obviously Trent now with his kind of new position coming into midfield and Gogpo playing in midfield. Does Liverpool really need that many midfielders now, you think? No. Um, one or two? If if they if they work in midfield, yeah. I still think, yeah, one or two. I mean, Jordan Henderson's on his last legs. You got James Milner as a backup. He should probably go, yeah. And yeah. then Navi Keita. And Keita and Oxide chamberlain are going to leave on freeze. So, so I guess Thiago. I got another question That's for it. you. Yeah, who who would you play as your top three at Liverpool? Then your front three, your front three, yeah. Well, Mo Salah, Darwin Nunez, and it's tough on that left side. You can play Gakpo, you can play Jota. I probably would go with Jota though, or Luis Diaz even. Yeah, Luis Diaz probably. So you go I'll Diaz, Nunez. I'm surprised you picked Nunez. Yeah, it's just they're so interchangeable. The three of them. I mean, Jota's good, but. The more I watch Darwin Nunez, the more I think Jurgen Klopp's right about him being like a young Lewandowski. He's the raw talent is there. Yeah, it's just let's see if we, what we can there. get from it, man. Mm-hmm. The finishing needs to improve, and I think it will, especially the more confidence he gets. I think you um, nailed it right there. Confidence is going to yeah. be. He needs to score a couple game, score a couple goals in some games, and I think and we'll watch him fine. fly. Yeah, especially with Mo Salah in hot form and Luis Diaz back, and that. That front three is scary. But you could interchange any of them, and it's still just as scary. So, well, Yeah, I think they've won how many games in a row now? Is it six, eight, something like that? Yeah, it's definitely five. Um, it, I think it's eight, yeah. I mean, they're only only one point behind Manchester United who have a game in hand. Yeah, I'll ask you a question about that top later. four race here yeah. later. Yeah. But before you do ask me that question, let's get into the big game of the weekend. Second versus third. Second versus third on May 7th. We had Newcastle and Arsenal. We both were torn on who to pick in this one because Newcastle is a hot hand. Arsenal hadn't been doing great leading up to this game. I went with Newcastle thinking that William Saliba being out would be the main deciding factor. Didn't even matter. (laughs) It didn't matter. Newcastle dominated the opening, I would say, 10 minutes 10, or 15, so. yeah. They looked very dangerous really early. They had two to three great chances that could have been converted. Um, Jacob Murphy hit in the post, and Joe Willock was through on goal. Both missed. Honestly, this one could have ended like 7-5. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was so back and forth, and God, what a game it was. For a neutral who's not Arsenal or Newcastle fan, uh, that was one to enjoy for sure. Yeah. Uh, for us Arsenal or Newcastle fans, man, hearts in throats. Whole game. It was, it was. But Arsenal, man, they got the first goal against the run of play. Beautiful strike from Martin Odegaard. Oh, 25 yards out through the legs of Botman into the bottom corner. Nick Pope barely saw it. What a strike. And then Arsenal got, honestly, in that first half, because let's see, Martinelli got put through on goal. Yeah. Nick Pope saved it. Kyle Saka got put through on goal. Nick yeah. Pope saved it. 
Martin Odegaard got put on through on goal. Oh, he that's the one that. Saved it. Yeah, that one he yeah. should have should have scored. All three of them probably. Odegaard had the best chance out of all of them. Yeah, that's for sure. But man, what a game by Nick Pope! It was fantastic. Clutch. Some fantastic saves, and the second half came around, and Newcastle came out flying again, hitting the post again. <laughs> Aaron Ramsdale had to come up with some amazing saves off of that one off the header. Yeah, he had a couple, man. And then that tackle from Xhaka, man, that was as good as a goal. That was going in. That was going in. Ramsdale would have had no chance on that one. What a tackle it was. And he came from out of nowhere. I put my head in my hands like, oh, this is a goal. And out of nowhere, granted Xhaka, flying tackle, saves a goal. And that would have been the leveler. And Martinelli hits the crossbar. And then Martinelli got the second one, sort of, more of an own sort goal. Sort of, he yeah. crossed it in, and it who did it come off of? Fabian Schar. Yeah. Fabian Schar. Yeah, it was. Net. I mean, he didn't know much about it. He played dangerous ball across the box. If he hadn't got a foot on it, it went right to Bukayo Saka. I think Odegaard was also or Odegaard right was there too. Yeah, um, but Fabian Schar went to poke it out and hit it right past Nick Pope, right in the middle of the goal. But no, Arsenal played really good, man. Uh, Jorginho looked cool, calm, collected in oh, that midfield. Man of the match, Jorginho. Thank you, Chelsea, he for giving us six points and Jorginho. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it's almost the stuff off the ball he does. Some of his little touches in the space where he can draw a foul and kind of slow down the play. Because Newcastle mm-hmm. were, like I said, they were flying. flying. Yeah. And so those slow downs in play, you know, oh, he stays on the ground for, you know, a few seconds, rubbing that ankle and <laughs> hops back up. It's little things like that that can help yeah. you in a game. Yeah, and I remember, you know, the first time Arsenal played Newcastle during, you know, earlier in the season and it ended in a draw nil-nil, Newcastle did that the whole game. Just tried to slow things down, wasted time. It's good on Jorginho for using reverse tactics on that one. Yeah, Xhaka also had a fantastic game, and he was, he was almost on the edge there of that, of it boiling over, but never quite got there, so it was... Good to see him. He's getting better at it, so it's good to see. This yeah. was a feisty game. Even uh, Jesus and Kieran Trippier were getting into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, Gabriel Martinelli celebrating in front of the Newcastle fans. That picture will live long in my brain. All the Newcastle fans, fans flipping them off. It's great. But yeah, but. great, great job for Arsenal. They they keep Manchester City honest now. So title race is on. That's for sure. Newcastle did impress me in this game, though, uh, especially going forward and on the counter, how well they could just go from defense to attack on blink of an eye, pretty much. I mean, it was both these teams. Just Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this game ball. could have gone any way. Like you said, it should have been like 7-6, to 7-5. Like Newcastle would attack, lose the ball. Arsenal would attack, lose the ball. Newcastle would attack. It was just back and <laughs> forth, man. Yeah, it just shows the fitness levels of these players. Like, holy cow. What? they're able to do and put their bodies through. I could never do that. <laughs> Not That's at this sure. age, man. Not at this age. I couldn't do that when I was in college either. <laughs> too many brews, man. Yeah. Too much banter, too many brews. <laughs> you name it. Next up, we had West Ham against Manchester United. I picked a draw. You picked United. And West Ham getting a surprise result over... Manchester United 1-0. Holy Two cow. Losses in a row for Manchester United. Yeah. I what? When Rashford doesn't score, they suck. 
Rashford, yeah. Rashford's their whole <laughs> offense, man. How would you figure that out? <laughs> well, it was very prevalent in this one. Uh, West, oh, and David De Gea is awful. Yeah, I should say I would have put it a little nicer. That Manchester, when Rashford doesn't score, they suck. I would have said. They do suck. If Rashford doesn't score, they don't win, but. <laughs> well, when De Gea makes an error, they lose. It was a terrible uh, one, man. Like, it was a Holy crap. He was standing on the top of the 18 till Ben Rama got to like 30 yards out. It's not even that. It's like the ball just <laughs> rolled over his hand. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a hard shot. Say Ben Rama gets put through on goal. He has a little toe poke at it, which should yeah. be, you know, an easy save. And it just rolls over to Haya's hand. Yeah. I. So should, do you think United should move on from to Yes, 100%. So yes. who do they get? He's been a liability all season. David Raya be first person on my, my list if I was, you know, United. They probably could go for Jan Oblak from Atletico would be a great signing too. Um, Maybe Taylor Navas? Sure. Yeah, possibly. I don't know if they want someone that old. Probably want someone a little younger that they can keep for a while. But, yeah, De Gea, they're looking at contract negotiations. Do they? Do they not? I Ten Hag has come out and said he wants him. Stay. Yeah. Uh, well, he better do better because he's looking more and more like Hugo Lloris than David De Gea. So. <laughs> it's funny. I heard that comparison today. Yeah. They're making calamitous errors, both of them. So you have to. They're the only ones in the Premier League that are doing that. I will say De Gea has saved United in some games with his oh, saves. 100%. 100%. When he's on, one of the best goalies in the world. One of the best shot stoppers, I will yeah. say. And when he's not, feet, oh, he's different awful. story. Yeah, he's awful. But United looked more dangerous in the first twenty minutes. West Ham had a penalty shout on the stroke of halftime. The ball striking Victor Lindelof in the arm. No PK was given. Correct call. I thought it should have been a PK, man. The way he moved his arm towards the ball. It was hundred percent towards the ball. Hit him right in the hand. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I was just waiting for your answer before I deliberated on mine because that how that was not given, I will never know. If he doesn't move his arm towards the ball, I would say no, but uh, yeah. the way he moves it. Yeah, and, and we'll get into VAR a little later. But, but no one knows what a handball is. so Yeah, no one knows what <laughs> the handball is. So no one knows what offsides is. No one knows what a handball is. So maybe just play without rules. There you go. <laughs> it's a simple solution. Free for, for all. <laughs> Free for all. All right. Uh, West Ham thought they had a second on 73 minutes when Thomas Suchek uh, got through on goal and put it in the net, but he was like a yard and a half offsides. Yeah, West Ham also had a goal taken back for a weak foul on De Gea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if that was a foul, I'll be honest with you. Honestly, United did not play good, man. They looked tired. Yeah, especially at the back. They looked real tired. I mean, and then like you said, without Rashford, they they got nothing going forward. I mean, when you think think of the players... 200 million in players up front. 200 million. When you think of the players on this team, do you think of them as, you know, old Manchester United players of that quality? You know, McTominay, Wan-Bissaka... Lassia, no Lindelof, out Veghorst, Veghorst, yeah, Anthony. But I mean, they have Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, Anthony. I know I'm contradicting myself, but I mean, 
just Rashford or not Rashford, but Sancho and Anthony has two hundred million dollars in players. Anthony doesn't do it for me, man. Like he, no, I, he's I, one of those guys, honestly, that he'll play for three or four games, not do nothing, and it's like right before the coach is about to pull him, he'll get an assist or a goal. To and me, then he'll go another three or four games without doing anything, and then he'll get that assist or goal. <laughs> And he's just kind of squeaking and He still along. starts. I don't get it. And it's because of that. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I saw this somewhere. I'm not going to take credit for it. But Anthony is what you would get if you ordered Cristiano Ronaldo off of Wish. <laughs> <laughs> the bootleg Cristiano Ronaldo. The bootleg Ronaldo. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. He's shorter, has a worse temper, slower. thinks he's just as good on the ball, slower, and not a great finisher. So, yeah. Sums it up pretty good for me. Yeah. Uh, so, question for you. All right. Does Manchester United finish in that fourth spot? Yes. But why? here's here's why. So, they got the game in hand. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at their schedule, I would say United have – a pretty easy schedule coming up. Yeah, the Fulham one could be tricky, but other than that, yeah. So Unless they're at home to Chelsea Wolves. They should win. Away to Bournemouth. They should win. Home to Chelsea. They should beat Chelsea at home. Yeah. And then Fulham at home. So th- those are all very winnable games. And you look at uh, Liverpool, who's right behind them, hot on their tails. Liverpool have to go to Leicester away, and then Villa at home, and then Southampton away. Yeah, and Villa at home will be a tricky one. That's that one sure. could be a tricky one. But I just, honestly, United should win out their games. Yeah, but the way they've been playing, I toss a coin. And you're not wrong. If they continue not to win, then yeah. If they lose another two games in a row here, you bet you're... I, I think they drop, if they drop one, maybe a draw, I guess. You got to drop four points essentially so because liverpool are on fire right now man yeah yeah and i don't see liverpool losing the rest of their games or any of their games remaining. they do struggle away and you know leicester are gonna be uh they're gonna need some points here yeah they're gonna be fired up but their defense is so bad they're so bad defensively and yeah but liverpool Liverpool right now are so good going forward away from home they're not convincing no United aren't either, but three of their last four games are at home. So I'll put it this way. I think Arsenal have a better chance of catching City than Liverpool do of catching Manchester United. That's, okay. That's what I, I think. think it's, I think it's the other way around, personally. Because uh, I, as much as I want Arsenal to catch City, I don't see City losing a single game or even drawing a game the rest of the season. They have tough games against Brighton and Brentford. They do, especially the last two. And they also have a couple Champions League ties to play here that could you never know what can happen in those Champions League games, man. Yeah, especially players if they get hurt. Especially if they lose or players get hurt. You you have a point. So So I, I you know this that title race isn't over. Man or no. Arsenal are gonna keep them honest on it. Yeah. And uh top four spot, that's not safe either for Manchester United. Oh, it's not, you, no. You guys let us know. What do you guys think? Which one's more likely to happen? Arsenal pipping City? Or Liverpool pipping United for fourth. It could go either way, quite honestly. All right. And then on Monday, April 8th. Man, I just got to say, it's a good thing we decided to record this Monday night instead of Sunday night. 
<laughs> oh my god. The goals uh, go on. eight, six, fourteen. Yeah. We had twenty-one goals in three games on a Monday. Uh apparently defense uh didn't want to show up. Defense is was hung over from the weekend. <laughs> So let's get into it. Fulham against Leicester City. We both picked Fulham, but man, Fulham won. Fulham looked good in this game. Leicester looked bad, but there's still eight goals in this game. Fulham won five to three. Holy crap. Yeah. I don't even, I'm like halfway <laughs> speechless. Let's start with the first goal. Free kick from William that the goalie completely misjudged. What a howler. You were talking about De Gea looking up and watching a ball go into the net. Daniel Iverson had to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he, he lost the flight of that. I mean, he saw it all the way. I don't know what, what happened. And- I don't know what he was doing. I don't think Leicester City fans know what he was doing either. Maybe even him. I don't think he knew what he was doing. But then Carlos Venusius, man, he got another one in the 18th. So the first goal, that was uh, Ten scored in the 10th. But yeah, the second one, poor giveaway from Sumare. Great tackle from Polina. Puts in Venusa Jr. He's kind of gets put through and slides it past the goalie. 2-0. And then Tom Kearney scored on either side of halftime in the 44th and 51st to make it 4-0. Oh, that first goal, though. Fakes the shot with his left, cuts it on his right, curls Curls it, man. Beauty. Mm -hmm. Beauty. Yeah. Second um, one was just kind of a beautiful break forward, and I don't know what the defenders were doing, man. Like, as a defender, you look around inside your penalty box, and if you see the opposition, you say, okay, I'm marking him. You go and mark that person. Third defenders decided not to. Just cool. Yeah, it's whatever. Maybe they'll play the ball to us. I defend what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Uh, Harvey Barnes pulled one back for the Foxes in the 59th minute, firing a shot off the bottom of the crossbar into the net. And, uh, yeah, after this, I have a question for you. Okay. Jamie Vardy won and missed a penalty kick in the 66th minute. Keeper came flying out and clattered into Vardy. Makes up for it by saving it. Uh, And then probably the goal of the game. Willian with a long range curler just four Ooh. minutes after that. Man, is he rolling good back form. the years? Yeah. Chelsea days. Holy cow. Lester managed to get two goals back through James Madison penalty kick in the 81st after winning the penalty kick. Harvey Barnes got second in the 89th, but Fulham really in control this game the entire time. Paulinia leaving a leg out for Madison to go over for the first or for the penalty kick. And he did not go down the middle this time. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no cheat sheet for uh, Pickford for no for Vern Leno. Leno, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> for this one. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, Lester, big trouble. Five points from the last five matches. They're in the relegation zone again. Three games left on thirty points. Everton two points ahead of them. Is it doom and gloom for them, or do you think they can salvage it? I think they can salvage it. It's going to yeah. be tough. It is. They got some tough games coming up. Liverpool, I think they play, I think, Forest or West Ham coming up soon, too. 
Let's see. I pulled it up. They got Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham. There it is. I think they might be doomed. Yeah. Yeah. And in saying that, Harvey Barnes. He's one hell of a player. Does he stay at Leicester? Or does he go to a club that could better use him? Oh, I think that club will get picked clean, man. (laughs) Harvey Barnes. Clichy and Nacho. James Madison. James Madison, Yuri Tielemans. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're gonna lose a lot of players. And yeah, I only see him honestly getting three points. Maybe. Maybe three points. Gonna beat West Ham. West Ham <laughs> that, yeah, that's about it. So yeah, it's it's tough. I, think, I don't want to see them go down. I really don't. I think what you see right now in the relegation zone of Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton, I think that's who goes down. I think you're on to something. Everton with a huge game against Brighton, and we will cover that next. So, Brighton against Everton. (laughs) Good segue there, bud. We both picked Brighton for this one, and it was anything but Brighton in this one. Everton with a huge win, 5-1. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Brighton losing to both Everton and was it Forest? They lost Forest, yeah. In uh, the span of a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And then throwing in a 6-0 win over Wolves and a 1-0 win over United. Jacqueline Hyde at its finest. Holy crap. Uh, Soli March, Julio, and Ciso, and Evan Ferguson all on the bench for this one. And, man, did it show. Holy cow. You came on at halftime. Yeah, Abdoulaye Ducouré scored after just 39 seconds after a wonderful 360 backhill turn by Dude, Dominic how about Calvert that turn Lewin. from Calvert-Lewin? Oh, that was goodness. filthy. That was filthy. And then a, a simple finish for Ducouré. Oh, he had the easiest Calvert, of happens. Calvert-Lewin yeah. <laughs> with all the work, but holy crap, did he turn the defender and with the backheel put himself into space. Brilliant improvisation by him. And then Decore added his second on 29 minutes after a wonderful run and an even better volley. Dude, so this whole game was pretty much Ever- Everton counterattack. Yeah. Was, was deadly. That front and... four of Everton of Alex Awobi, um, Dwight McNeil, Dwight Calvert McNeil, Lewin, Calvert Lewin, and then a midfielder throwing Decore. Decore. Those yeah. four, man, they just hustled running up as soon as they had a chance to go forward they went and they were sprinting like that second goal was basically to Kure running alexis McAllister for about 60 yards I yeah for about was. 60 yards pretty much and then being wide open on the far post yeah <sighs> jason Steele put the ball into his own net on the 35th minute uh caught cheating by dwight mcneil who literally hit it off his heel and into the back of the net. Yeah, off his leg, heel, ankle, whatever it came off of. <laughs> yeah. He caught him cheating, hit it right on him, right in the back of the net. Reminds me of uh, one too many hockey goals. Catching the goalie unprepared. But wrong sport. But yeah, they went 3-0 at halftime. And like, yeah. did Pickford even have to make a save in the first half? No, he did not. But man, what a second half he did have. Second half, Holy he had cow. to make some saves. Yeah. Yeah. Brighton brought on all three, Marsh and CISO and Ferguson at halftime. 
March looked the best, man. Silly March, March looked the best. Yeah. The Cisco looked dangerous. Ferguson too. They had 86% possession in the second half. Uh, but they could not put the ball in the back of the net with Jordan Pickford being the Jordan Pickford of old. And I think they could have easily leveled it. I don't know about leveled it. They were up three goals at this point. There was a sequence of probably about 20 minutes where it was McAllister all hit the post. I think Pickford had a nice save, but I don't, I don't know about three goals worth. Either way, I'm just saying that's how good Pickford was. Not how good Brian was. Uh, bad Sully Marsh back pass set Alex Awobi on a 60-yard run. Played in Dwight McNeil, and he cleverly just whoop, cut the defender and the goalie and literally dribbled the ball into the net. What a pass from Awobi to McNeil, though, in the box. Oh, it was fantastic. And what a run from Awobi as well. And then, yeah, to make matters worse, Sully Marsh pulls a hammy trying to run back, catch him. Yeah, yeah. Um it just went from bad to worse for Brighton in this one. Alexis McAllister did get a goal for Brighton, though, and it was in bizarre fashion it was on the 79th minute. Hiro Matoma hitting the post, and McAllister laying on the ground has the ball hit him and went into the back of the net. It looks like, yeah, Matoma t- does something. I can't remember, but he hits it off the post. McAllister's on the ground. It bounces off of his <laughs> shoulder into the goal. Pretty much summed up Brighton's day. The only way they could actually get the ball in the net. And then Dwight McNeil made it five after yet another devastating counter. This time, thunderous drive into the top corner near post beats Iverson, I think. I don't know who the goalie yeah. for Lester is anymore. Yeah, he's he's the one filling in. Not Lester, but yeah, I, honestly, I did not think he was going to take the shot there. I thought he was going to cross either. or cut it and back. Or... All of a sudden, the ball's in the back of the net. What a strike. Man of the match performance for McNeil, man. I 100% agree. He was so good. So, huge three points for Everton. Huge, man. Takes down the relegation zone. Terrible loss for Brighton, who were trying to keep pace with Liverpool for that Europa League spot, and I think that probably does it for them. Even with two you games. think my prediction was right then, huh? When I told you they had a rough schedule coming up. They did, but I thought they were good enough to win enough to be better than Tottenham and the way Liverpool was playing when we had these predictions. I didn't see Liverpool having this streak of wins. So, credit to you. And I you still know, think Brighton finishes above Tottenham. And you know who Brighton still has left to play? Manchester City and Arsenal. And, and Newcastle. They have to go to yep, St. James Park. Yeah. So <laughs> things aren't looking good for Brighton. No, it's not. Not at all. Next up, we had Nottingham Forest against Southampton with a huge, and I'm talking huge, six-pointer. Southampton could be getting momentum at the right time of the season to have the possibility of staying up. Forest, pretty much with a win here, would be even closer to safety. And Forest Closer, yeah. Closer, yes. <laughs> Emphasize the closer. Forest, we both picked a win, and they won this one four to three. Holy cow. I didn't think this game was going to be close at halftime. Forest Spending took the lead. <laughs> yeah. 
Forrest took the lead on 18 minutes after Brendan Johnson broke down the right side and found Tiwo Awani for the finish. Awani. Beautiful ball out to Johnson from Danilo, who, in my opinion, probably had a man of a match performance in this one. I would agree with you. Yeah. They doubled it three minutes later after the ball fell. Well, I wouldn't really call it fell. I don't even know if that pass was meant for him. Uh, but Awani Awani. (laughs) had a beautiful turnaround volley, roofed it. I don't know who passed him the ball. Was it Johnson? Was it, I I don't know. Whoever it was, the ball was blocked. A shot from Danilo was blocked, fell to a forest attacker who either flicked it while falling over. Turn and and volley kind of a thing. What a turn and a volley that was for his second. Four minutes later, Southampton got one back after a devastating counter as Stuart Armstrong broke through, squaring it to Carlos Alcaraz, who finished it into the bottom corner. And just like that, two to one, until Forrest made it three. On 44 minutes, after Ainsley Maitland Niles kicked Brendan Johnson after he literally stepped between Ainsley Maitland Niles and the ball. While he was trying to clear it. Yeah, one yeah. of those unfortunate ones as a defender, you go to clear the ball and that foot comes it, in and pokes it away from you and yep. then you kick the and foot. As long as the attacker touches the ball, then it's a foul. So nothing they could do about that. And uh Morgan Gibbs White stepped up, put it right down the middle to make it three. That one was a killer one for I think yeah. Southampton. Right before halftime that goal goes in. Those always are. Yeah. Right before halftime. But Southampton did get their second on the 51st minute when, uh, was it Lianco? Lianco. Wow, I can't pronounce names today. Off a header. header off a header. Corner. Yeah. And man, was he excited after that one. Holy Yeah, cow. Southampton had been putting the pressure on up to that point. And then after that goal, Forrest kind of grew back into the game a little bit. Started getting some counterattacks going. Yeah. Until Forrest got their fourth. Yeah, Forrest got some counterattacks going and got their fourth. Yeah. Uh, Danilo smashed the ball into the roof of the net. Lovely buildup. Fantastic touch from Morgan Gibbs-White to set up Danilo. Oh, that little back heel, man. Just to flick it right to him. to Mm -hmm. Gently put it right in his path for him just to, yeah. Chef's kiss. Just to smash it into the net. Yeah. Southampton were given a penalty in the 95th minute when... Lavia was judged to have kicked, been kicked in the box. James Ward-Prowse stepped up and converted the penalty kick. Which leads me to the question, was this a penalty kick? It was light. Barely grazed the his foot. It was light, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was very soft. I didn't think it was a penalty, but... And you couldn't even see it on replay. I think, I think if it's one of those where if the ref doesn't call it, eh, I have no issues, but he called it... Sick sick by it, then. The game was over by then anyways, so I'm not going to disagree. I'm going to throw a fuss, but huge win for Forrest nonetheless. Puts them in 16th place on 33 points. Three points clear of the drop zone with three games remaining. It's a lot of threes. Yeah, that bottom of the table, man. Like I said, I think the three that are there right now, Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, are the ones that we may see go down. 
Yeah. Uh, Southampton for me, a hundred percent done. hundred percent. Uh, Everton just need one more point for them to be officially relegated. So. All right. In Spain, we only had one game this weekend. One game, man. The one Copa game. del Rey final. And it's not even, yeah, wasn't even in La Liga. So, Targo, Real Madrid and Osasuna, how did it go? Well, we both picked Real Madrid to win, man. You know, they're the the final specialists. They are. And they got it done, 2-1. Rodrigo got the scoring started early in the second minute. After Vinny Jr., who else? Signature run. <laughs> Goes down the line, cuts it back. Dude, he was giving that poor... I think it's Moncoyola or Moncola or whatever that yeah. guy's name was. He was just terrorizing him in that first half. He's going to have nightmares for the rest of the year or his life. Because he's not normally a fullback. And, man, he couldn't decide, do I get close? Do I give him space? Gave him space, punished him. Got too close, punished him. He wasn't (laughs) getting any help on a double team. (laughs) (laughs) But after that goal, kind of Real Madrid took the foot off the gas. Osasuna grew into the game. And they actually got an equalizer. In the second half, in the 58th minute. But Real Madrid being the winners they are, man. Put the foot back on the gas. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the winner in the 70th. That guy again, Rodrigo, scored in the 70th. And it was, this is Real Madrid's first Copa del Rey since 2013-14. Yep. I have a fun fact for you. Okay. From that season. The coach, Carlo Ancelotti, they finished third in La Liga. They're third right now. They played one Pep Guardiola's Manchester City team in the semifinals of the Champions League. Was, I don't think or Pep was, it was at Man Bayern City Munich. then, was he? It, it was a Pep Guardiola team. So it maybe it would have been Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. They played the first leg at the Bernabeu. Real Madrid and they won. won. The Champions League that season. I know because Pep hasn't won. (laughs) Just saying. This is a big coincidence. Maybe. Maybe it's destiny written in the cards. I don't know. But I just thought it was fun facts. All the stars are aligned. They're playing Pep again. Pep has a much better team this time, though. That's a good one, though. Yeah. (laughs) But, man, it was so fun when that equalizer went in for Osasuna. The fans went wild. You know, this was their first, I think real final for a major trophy. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was good to see that a little bit of heartbreak for him. Yeah. Team from Pamplona. Yeah. And they were only promoted. What? Three years ago. Yeah. Years they ago? just kind of soared up. Yeah. So good for them. Off to the Bundesliga on Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. We had Bayer Leverkusen against Cologne. We both picked Leverkusen to win, and they must have had one too many tequilas, man. They <laughs> lost this one two to one. I know I did. I I didn't have any, but I had one too many uh, cervezas. Okay. <laughs> Davy Selke scored for Cologne in the 14th minute. Leverkusen drew level through Admin Al- uh, Adley excuse me, in the 28th minute. Selke got his second in the 36th. Leverkusen dominate possession in this game. They couldn't get very many shots on goal. Wow. Not at all, man. They could not get it going. Just 
I mean, it was bound to happen. They were on a fantastic run. Can't Who says it it's bound forever. to happen? It's always bound to happen. You can't win forever. <laughs> Manchester City might have something to say about that. No, I, I think they'll lose one here between now and the end of the season, whether it's in the Champions League or... Well, I hope it's uh, in, or... I hope it's in the league and the Champions League, but <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. On the sixth, we had Osberg against Union Berlin. We both thought Union were gonna just have an easy cakewalk, and they apparently thought it too because they lost one nil. Yeah, they did. They took the lead in the fifty-third minute by a goal by Diondrena Bello or Beljo. I don't know. Anyways, uh, again, same as the Leverkusen game, Union had the possession and opportunities, but couldn't finish and couldn't put the ball in the net. Seems to be a theme. Hmm. 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 Next up, we had Freiburg against RB Leipzig. We both picked Leipzig, and they won 1-0. They were made to wait till the 73rd minute for their Late winner. Late-ish yeah. winner. Kevin Koppel. Again, dominating possession, majority of the opportunities could only put one in the net. At least they got one. At least they got one. And then we had Werder Bremen against Bayern Munich. We both picked Munich. They had a narrow win, 2-1. to one. Benjamin P- Pavard had a point-blank header saved in the 21st minute. How did he manage to miss that? I don't know, man. Anywhere but at the goalie, and he scores. Anywhere. Anywhere. Could even have been down at the ground, and it would have missed the goalie. But no. Serge Gnabry started the scoring the 62nd minute. Cross goes into the box. Ball bounces around. Gnabry with the poacher's finish. Leroy Sané doubled the lead 10 minutes later. Finishing low into the bottom corner. Beautiful pass. Beautiful finish. Yeah. Kind of curled it around the goalie. Yeah. Uh, typical Leroy Sané finish, I would say. Yep. And then the goal of the game, Niklas Schmidt got one back for Bremen in the 86th minute. Golazo! <laughs> Where the spiders makes its web and lays its eggs. <laughs> Holy cow. What a strike. What a strike. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. You can find it on ESPN. It was amazing. Moving on to <laughs> the team in second place in the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund played Wolfsburg on May 7th. Yeah, they had Now, they had there was a man. theme in the Bundesliga this weekend. Lots of chances, not a lot of finishing, and it all led to this. Because Borussia Dortmund won 6-0. We both picked them to win, and man, did they deliver. They did. Holy cow. This was they one of those games. They slaughtered them. I was watching this game, man. It was one of those games where, you know, those you have those days where everything just goes right. Mm-hmm. Every pass is perfect. Every shot goes into the top corner. Every, you know, little thing is just, that was Dortmund on that day. Like the first goal for Kareem Adeyemi, the cross was deflected. And it just goes straight to his head for him to head it in. <laughs> there was another one. I think it was, um, I think it was Bellingham's goal. 
And this Which one. one? <laughs> yeah, I think the goalie saves it. Like it's going top corner where the spider makes its web, and the goalie saves it. But then it pops straight up, and the bounce when it drops down takes it into the goal. So the ball goes straight up, has a spin on it, and the spin takes it into the goal. It was just one of those like, oh, that one was so unlucky. But... Sums up the day. Everything going Dortmund's way. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, Sebastian Allaire got on the score sheet in 28th minute. Daniel Malin, 37. Bellingham got his first, 54th minute. Adiemi got his second, 59th. He missed a penalty kick for a hat trick. Yep. Bellingham got his second in the 86th. But, man, this was the performance we've been waiting to see from Dortmund all season. Yeah, Bellingham looked like a stud in this game. Adiemi looked really good in this game. He is so fast. Oh, he's so, so fast. fast. And he's raw. He's only 21. Yeah, they looked real good. Yeah. I mean, I really hope that Dortmund can keep hold of Bellingham for one more year. It's not going to happen, but one no, more he's year. He's going to Madrid, man. <laughs> that team would be really giving Bayern Munich fits next season if he was able to. But that win keeps them one point behind Bayern Munich. And, I mean, they only have five games left, man. And Munich, I would say, almost have the tougher run. They have a tough Leipzig game. Yeah, coming up here this week. So, let's see what, so, what they're making watch do. Out for. Yeah. <laughs> Till then, let's move to Serie A, where we had a bunch of really big matches. All right. And we're going to start on May 4th. With Udinese Napoli, this one was for all the marbles. Napoli get a point. They win the title. We both picked Napoli to win. They got a draw. It was 1-1. Nonetheless, they clinched their first title in 33 years. Since the likes of Diego Armando Maradona. 50,000 fans filled the Maradona Stadium to watch this game on big screens. I saw that because it was in Udinese. And man, was that a sight to see. They're the first team to win the Scudetto outside of Turin or Milan since Roma won it in 2001. It's been 22 years since a team outside of Milan or Turin have won the title. I will say this is the f- a fourth different team to win the title in four years. So Juve, yeah. Inter, Inter Milan, Milan and, and now Napoli. Yeah. Yeah, after a long run where Juventus it was Juve, every yeah. single year. <laughs> I think they won like 10 or 11 in a row. Yeah it, was... yeah, it was ridiculous. And they got caught cheating as well somewhere in there, but whatever. Um, Sandy Lovrick opened the scoring for the hosts in the 13th minute with a well-placed finish into the top corner. And then Napoli equalized on the 52nd minute with the ever-present. Victor Osiman pounced on a rebound to score. Really weren't a lot of chances in this game, though. No, there weren't. No. You would think you would love this wonderful performance to pretty much sum up your season to win a title, but you know what? I think at this point, Napoli fans will take it. An ugly draw for the title. No one cares. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you got the title. Who cares, right? Exactly. Who cares how you want it? Who cares? Next up, on the sixth, we had the start of our big games. We had AC Milan against Lazio. At the time, it was second against fifth. Milan 
winning this one 2-0. I picked a draw and you picked Lazio. Milan must have been mad at us. <laughs> but what a win going into their Milan derby in the Champions League semifinal. Ismail Benasser putting Milan into the lead in the 17th minute for his second goal of the season. Yeah, it was kind of a poor giveaway from Lazio. Milan put the pressure on him. Benacer kind of turned the ball over right at the edge of the box. Terrible place to get the ball away. and They were able to finish it. And then the best left back in the world, some would say. Theo Hernandez doubling the lead on the 29th minute. Man, what a solo goal this was. It was just like the one he scored the last year at that stadium. Yeah, exactly. Box to box. box, to box. Stunning finish, too. It was. Not bad for strike, a left man. back. Beautiful strike. You might be on to something. Best left back in the world. I'm saying it, and I'm sticking with it. So that was it. Milan, huge win. Gets them into fifth, keeping pace with Inter for that fourth place spot. Speaking Lazio, of Inter. Though, man, dropping points here. Yeah. Dragged back down. Yeah. Keeping it close. Three points between Milan and Lazio. Lazio in third, Milan are in fifth. This could go any way. So speaking of Inter Milan, AS Roma played Inter. Ooh. We both picked Inter and Inter won 2-0. Yeah, the first goal of the game in the 33rd minute through Francisco DeMarco. Beautiful cross from Denzel Dumfries oh, into the box. man. Denzel Dumfries. What a ball. He's very much Jacqueline Hyde this season, too. Kind of, yeah. 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 That's a good... yeah. His moments of brilliance it's and then observation there, my friend. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Enter doubled their lead through none other than... Your boy! Your boy! Romelu Lukaku in the 74th Your minute. boy in blue. <laughs> boy in blue. He'll be that next season, too. Poor giveaway <laughs> by Banez to Lataro Martinez, who plays in Lukaku. And, yeah, he's catching form at the right time after a bad spell in the season. Both him and Martinez, both coming hot towards the end, which is great. Speaking of whom, hit the crossbar in the 87th minute with a beautiful strike. That in Lotaro Martinez. Yeah, he Lotaro Martinez did hit the crossbar, man. That was a oh, should have gone in. And us neutral fans are licking our lips for this Milan derby in the Champions League. Boy, is it gonna be good. And you got AC Milan, huh? Yeah, man. Right, it's okay. gonna be good. I don't care who wins. A Milan team is gonna win it, like I said. I don't know, man. These are two Italian teams. Watch us be a two one finish after both games nil nil both games extra time penalty kicks (laughs) (laughs) i can see that too (laughs) (laughs) next up on the 7th of may we had atalanta and juve sixth against at the time third yeah brought it out i brought out the juve jersey you picked juve to draw this game i picked atalanta to win we were both wrong juve winning two nil Huge win for Juve. Puts them into second. Put them into second. Two points clear of Lazio. Samuel Ailing Jr. put the old lady ahead on 56 minutes. And then Dusan Vlahovic putting the game away in 98th minute. It's his second goal in two games after none in 11. That's a beautiful finish, too. It was. It was. 
and somehow his 10th in this area, ah, even though he didn't score for 11 games. That's still not very much. 10 yeah. goals for your star striker you spent how much money on? Like 86 million, I think it was. Something crazy. Yeah. Next up, Napoli played again. This time against Fiorentina. I said it was going to be a draw. You picked Napoli. You were right. And the celebrations finally actually erupted yeah, they at did. the Maradona. Victor Osimhen could have put Napoli in the lead on the 48th minute through a penalty kick, but Pietro Terraciano? Ciano. Yeah, let's go with that. Saved what <laughs> I, I, thought penalty, it was a, I thought it was a poor penalty. Yeah, Perfect height for the goalie. Yeah. Not down any corner, you know, it's kind of just Boop. off to the side. Yeah. But yeah, the foul committed by uh, your guy, Eminem Abat. Yeah. Rugby that was tackle. more like a rugby tackle, man. <laughs> yeah. Some WWE action here. Yeah, goalie tries to pass it to Emirabat, who's obviously covered. <laughs> Loses the ball, <laughs> tackles the. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was bad. And then the Nigeria striker got a chance to redeem himself when Kavicha Kavashelia won another penalty kick for Napoli in the 74th minute. This time, there was no mistake about it. Put the ball past the Fiorentina keeper for the breakthrough, and that was all she wrote. 1-0. Let the celebrations begin in Naples, and man, was it a pretty sight to see. Yeah, I'm sure we posted it on our Instagram story, all the fireworks and stuff that were going on. Yeah, we did. Sad news, though. I believe a couple people were shot during the celebrations, but let them continue, just hopefully peacefully. So, Targo, speaking of going out peacefully, you got 23 games right this week. Ooh, at a... 34. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was a B minus, something like that. Uh, I got half the games right, 17, so uh, F plus for 50%. <laughs> You're up 3-0 with three weeks left. Congratulations, my friend. <laughs> it's in the best bag, I man. Do, it's in the best bag. I can do is tie you. And I don't see that happening. So congratulations. And without further ado, let's get into our Europa League semifinal first leg preview. Both games happening on May 11th. AS Roma, Bayer Leverkusen. This one's going to be tasty. Yeah, both teams... Lost their last game. I'm going with Leverkusen, man. They're the hot hand in Germany. Before that loss, they were flying high. Yeah, they were. Roma haven't won a game in a few. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Jose Mourinho, man, he's he's a good coach. We'll see what he does in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, they're winless in their last four, but like you said, Jose Mourinho, he, he always has his teams stepping up for those European competitions. I think this game is going to be a draw. The first leg, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a 1-1 or nil-nil. Yeah. But overall, I have Leverkusen going through. Yeah, I, I think Leverkusen will go through as well. But I think just because it's in Rome, I think this one ends in a draw. I'll, I'll be bold. I'll say Leverkusen get a 1-0. Okay. Okay. Next up, we have probably the bigger matchup of the two. Juventus against Sevilla. 
And this one's going to be tasty as well. Sevilla, reigning champs, Juventus. You said they were going to make it into Europe through this. Uh, pretty sure, buddy, they're going to make it. Yeah, into I know. Europe. That was before they got their 15 it was, points back. Yes, it was. It was before they had their appeal uh, delayed. And they didn't win it, but it's delayed. So you picked Juve to win this one. I picked Sevilla. Who's going to win this game? I'm going to go with Juve. Okay. I'm going to go with Sevilla uh, because, well, I picked them to win. And uh, they're pretty great in the Europa League. Just saying. No, they're, they won they're, they're the four times Real in the last Madrid. six years. They're yeah. bootleg Real Madrid. Real Madrid's this in the Champions League. <laughs> Real Madrid League. from Wish? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sevilla's the, the Europa League. The Europa League, whatever is the level above wish, right? It's not the Conference League. So that there you go. <laughs> so with those four, those two games, those four teams playing, we thought it'd be fun to do a, a little Europa League semis combined eleven. And this was a, a little harder than I thought it would be. The defense was hard. Yeah, some of the attackers were harder, but it was only between a couple. Yeah, the there's one attacker you have in your starting lineup, man. I'm looking at. I don't know how you have them in yours. Can, do you know who I'm thinking about? Mm-hmm. I'm different. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> All right, so, well, I'll go. I'll go first, man. Go first. Yes. Here's my Europa League combined eleven and goal. I have Wojciech Szczesny, goalkeeper for Juventus. My right back, Jeremy Frimpong. Easy. I'm to high see. on him. Yeah, he's, I think see. he's a fantastic right back. My center backs. This is where I struggled. Yeah, I see that. I went through a lot of center backs. I ended up going with Chris Smalling from Roma and Edmund Tapsova from Bayer Leverkusen. Tapsova makes sense, but Chris Smalling, man. He's done all right in Rome. I went between him and honestly, Jonathan Ta and Capier. I don't know. Left back, I went with Leonardo Spinazzola. I feel like that was also an easy one. Yeah. And then I kind of have a weird lineup. I have you a, do. <laughs> a four. I'll call it a one, four, one. <laughs> it could be a four, three, three. So my defensive, my defensive midfielder is Manuel Locatelli. Easy decision. From, yeah, Juve. And then I kind of have, instead of them being central midfielders, they're almost attacking midfielders, <laughs> both of them. It's a big hole in midfield. <laughs> I have, yeah, Florian Verts and Paulo Dybala. Verts from Leverkusen, Dybala from Juve. On my right wing, I put Musa Diaby. It was between that... him or Angel Di Maria. Yeah. Went with Musa Diaby. My left wing, I have Federico Chiesa. Because he's a baller. Mm-hmm. And up top, I went with Yusef in the Siri. Solid choice. Yeah, I almost went with Tammy Abraham, but... Had to go with the leading scorer in the Europa League, man. Well, that's Di Maria, man. He has like four or five goals in the Europa League. And so does in the Siri, though. He's only got like three. In the last two legs against Man United, maybe. I think he only got two in those. He hadn't scored in a while. Huh. Well, either way, great choice. Okay, let's hear your Europa League. All right. I went all over the board and tried not to pick who you picked, so here we go. In goal, I went Rui Patricio 
from AS Roma. Stud. He has been for a while. Um, and he's, yeah, bailed out Roma quite a few times. So right back. Howlers in him. He does too, but so does Chesney. So that's why he doesn't play for Arsenal anymore. Rui Patricio for goalie. Right back. Easy choice. Jeremy Fringpong. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, Bonu. You seen Bonu for your goalie. I thought about it. I did. I did. But Patricio just shot out on a page. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You also have Bonu as your backup on your. I did. List, yeah, so. I had. I was debating between him and Chesney. Yeah. Center backs. I went with Jonathan Ta. He's a stud. And then I went with a surprise choice. Loak Balde for Sevilla. It's been a stud in the Europa League this year. Wouldn't say as much in the league, but there you go. Yeah, fantastic that's form in the Europa League. Left back, I went with Leonardo Spinazzola. Easy choice. Easy Duh. choice. Yeah. And I went with essentially a 4-4-2. Okay. So my midfield is Manuel Locatelli. Easy choice. Florian Verts, almost a diamond, I would say, 4-4-2. Okay, diamond 4-4-2. And then I went with Musa Diaby on the right. And then the pick you're talking about, I would assume. Yes. Yes, you know the one. <laughs> and I picked Andrea Bellotti. And the why? reason why. Is he even a left winger? No, he's a right winger. He's but, a freaking forward, dude. Eh, plays on the wing sometimes. Anyways, Chiesa's no. hurt all the time. I couldn't pick him. He's been hurt half the season. So I just couldn't pick him. So I went with Bellotti. Maybe I went with uh, a 4-3-3, you know, three, three, and I just have three strikers. But <laughs> I went with like. <laughs> Nasiri and Paulo Dybala up front with or, Paulo Dybala playing off the striker. I was going to say, or maybe put Paulo Dybala on that wing. You do that too. It's interchangeable. Whatever. <laughs> there you go. This is Fantasyland, man. We're playing FIFA. You can do whatever you want. Fantasyland. Holland's on Spurs and <laughs> yeah. Kings on Man City. Kings on City. A couple of years ago, that wouldn't have seemed too crazy. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Did I go way overboard? I think you went overboard with Andre Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win? My squad or Targo's squad? I think it would probably be a draw because the players go. are the same. <laughs> yeah, there are quite a few similarities there. But, but who would you guys pick as your combined 11 for the Europa League semifinals? You got AS Roma, Juventus, Bayer Leverkusen, Sevilla. Let us know on our Facebook group, yeah. Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling this 9% beer, man. <laughs> I can tell, man. Good thing is the end of the episode. Holy yeah, cow. yeah. But yeah, make sure you guys follow us on all those things. You'll get up to the date news, our live reactions to games. I know Josh put out a, a good reaction to the Arsenal win over Newcastle, so you guys will want to check that out. And yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah. Till next we time. Love you friends. guys. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Cheers.